Flying Casuals brought to you by Patreon supporters Brent, Andy Dugan, David Bush, Rob Patsky, Jory Webb, Kelly Breckner, Nate Edison, and Wes Anderson. May the force be with you. You're listening to Flying Casual, a Star Wars podcast. Here's your host, Michael Canterbury. Hello there, friends. Welcome back to Flying Casual. This is our latest installment of Casual Council. Holly, how are you doing this evening? I'm doing great, Michael. How are you? I'm superb. Can you believe this is our 10th installment of Casual Council? We've almost been doing Casual Council for a year. That is bonkers. Haven't missed a month. Haven't missed a month, I don't think. I don't think we have. I don't think we have. we haven't. And it's been a hell of a ride, and we're going to continue to do this as long as folks listen. And and we've got a nice, solid crew with us who have been here for most of those 10 episodes, Holly. Uh, We've we've got Brent here this evening. We've got Rob here this evening. We've got Jory here this evening. And, you know, maybe some surprise guests. Maybe Darth Maul makes an appearance. Uh, Who who knows? But maybe Luke will show up. Maybe Nettie will show up. You never know on the council. It's always a – we're always shooting from the hip, so to speak, Holly. Mm -hmm. Um, a gunslinger, they call me. But oh, yeah. uh, th- so last week we talked about a lot of stuff. Well, last month actually, not last week. Last month we talked about a lot of stuff. Holly, we talked about Hayden Christensen, and I'm sorry to bring that up again. I again, know it's a sensitive subject. He keeps coming up. Phrasing. Wow. That's usually what happens, Holly. Uh, but uh, yeah, so we talked about Hayden Christensen. We talked about the Mandalorian. Brent had an epic theory that I think at some point we are going to get back to that theory today. Yes. But here on the council, guys, all council members have an opportunity to bring up discussion topics, whatever they want to talk about, we talk about. Uh, and so we've got some topics today. Uh, we have a shared Google Doc that is a private Google Google Doc that we all uh, add discussion topics to for the council. And uh, this week, we've got a couple of good ones. Some Mandalorian discussion, Holly, that special that special look we, we, we talked about that this week. That special look. I'm excited to hear what these guys think about that. And uh, something that we don't talk enough about on the podcast, Holly, and that is droids. Droids. My favorite. I love the droids. And I think Brent brought this topic That's up right. and we'll talk about it in depth because the droids don't get enough love brent they don't get enough love i feel like they're 50 percent of star wars so i'm really glad you bring them up i feel like we ignore the droids when most of the time they're actually saving the day so what 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 did you have to talk about tonight about those those fellows that we tend to neglect here on the podcast i just been you know after watching it you know everything with the rise of skywalker and the trilogy and the whole saga actually finishing up um you know, just I had some thoughts on C-3PO and I just wanted to hear everyone's thoughts, you know, maybe on him himself and, you know, just your thoughts in general on the droids and who's your favorite because, you know, in canon, out of canon. Um, but, you know, we got a bunch of them. You know, we have R2. He's always there saving the day. You got BB-8 from the new stuff. You got the little dude from Fallen Order. Um, you even got the little Dio there from uh, Rise of Skywalker at the end. So, you know, just general thoughts and, you know, we'll see where the conversation takes us and go from there. Yeah, Canon has added a ton of droids and like big time droids. It's not just like, you know, someone in the background, like spider droid in the background. Everyone's like, oh, that's good. Love to hear a story about that. Like big time characters that actually, you know, provide a lot to the story. And like I said earlier, they end up saving the day 95% of the time. Well, and Leia says it herself. She says never underestimate a droid. And we have on this podcast. We it's absolutely an injustice. Have. It Look, is. Brent, like, so when you think of droids, you mentioned C-3PO. Is that, like, your go-to? Like, is he... I mean, I, I thought it was a nice wrap-up for him in The Rise of Skywalker. I felt like he actually kind of earned his due because he's very comedic and it worked very well in, in that movie. Is, is he one of your favorites? I mean, 
he's always been there. I mean, cause he's been there from number one, you know, and I've been around since, you know, the early days and stuff like that. So I've, I've grown up with C3PO and RTD2 as being really the only droids that were around. Cause yeah. that's all you really had during the original trilogy. Um, but you know, just kind of watching it and, you know, now that I'm older and, you know, grown and, you know, have kids of my own and looking back and just kind of considering, you know, all of C3PO's arc, um, you know, he's, he's, he's not my favorite and he'd always kind of gets a little bit shit on by a lot of the yeah. community or whatever, <laughs> just cause you know, he was Jar Jar before we had Jar Jar, yeah. um, to be honest. That's fair. Um, but I mean, when you kind of think about all the stuff that he's been through and just like where he comes from and his origin story and just to give props to Anthony Daniels for yeah. how he portrayed him during the original trilogy before he knew any of our, his backstory. Yeah. Um, I, I just can't say enough. What you got there, Jory? Oh, well, Luke just popped in. Oh, uh, I, thought, I thought he was uh, giving a had a question there. No, they, they, um, Luke just popped in, so uh, everyone, uh, Luke just joined as well. Luke, we're talking about favorite droids and, and what they provide to Star Wars, and, and, and Brent's telling us about C-3PO, growing up with C-3PO, and, and how he's now seeing his kids kind of experiencing new droids in Star Wars. Is, is With your kids, Brent, is there a particular one that they gravitate towards nowadays? Like maybe... Maybe the kind of R2 character uh, back in the day that everyone seemed to really love. I mean, they still do, obviously, but he was a huge hit back then. Uh, I mean, the kids, I mean, they definitely gravitate towards BB-8, um, probably mostly because we have the little Spiro droid, so we, they could chase it around the That's house. amazing. Um, which definitely helps. Um, but, you know, kind of going back to C-3PO, um, you know, I started thinking about, you know, after watching the end of The Rise of Skywalker and, you know, everything I had to go through there and just kind of, you know, what did he go through? And then I was watching Attack of the Clones. And he's got that line there when he walks in at the end of the battle droids and he's, he looks at it and he's like, you know, like the machines making machines and he has that realization. And you think <laughs> about it, it's like, cause from his perspective, he was built by Anakin. So yeah. from his perspective, droids are supposed to be built by little children. Yeah. Um, and so to him to see that, which, you know, for us is that's commonplace and that's how all droids are realistically made or whatever. But for him, that realization of like, whoa, that, you know, I'm something special. Yeah. Um, is, you know, it's kind of cool. And then you kind of walk through everything that he goes through. Um, and then you wind up, you know, everything that he does. And you kind of think about, you know, like I was saying, how Anthony Daniel portrayed him, you know, and he's kind of, he's just always there in the background, always listening um, and chiming in at those maybe not opportune moments, but the things they say are sometimes really profound and have a, you know, a big impact on the situation. And it's like, yeah. it's so like a child. Um, yep. just like a little kid that's just always there in the background. I mean, Jory can probably relate to this. I know Rob can, uh, Luke himself, you know, I say, like, if you have kids, you know what I'm talking about. They're just always there, even though you don't realize that they're just standing right behind you. And then, you know, and they're taking everything in just like C3PO. Um, and it was perfect. And then you get to the rise of Skywalker and he, you know, he throws out that line there at the end. It's like, you know, I'm taking one last look at my friends. Mm. And, and you realize that, you know, over this course of this 50, 60 years that he's been interacting with all these people, yeah. he's actually been studying them and he's been learning and he's been growing himself. But at the same time, it's not just regular people he's been around. He's been around the heroes of the galaxy who day in and day out are willing to make that sacrifice to make something better. And he's finally come to that realization of like, this is what has to be done. And he's like, I'm, I'm ready to make that sacrifice as well. And he's going and turning himself off to make sure that everything else can like possibly have a chance of living and going on and it's like and just to see that evolution that growth in that character it's just it's totally awesome yeah uh, but i do wish as he was shutting down it would have been so epic if in rise of skywalker if he would have had that last little like blink and just like that anakin and that recognition of you know where he came from i mean tell me how much more impactful that would have been right there if he would have shouted that out and just like blink and then shut off and it's like oh just like you know that memory wipe from bale wasn't complete and there was that little hint that there was still there buried. And as everything triggered off, they're just like, I mean, how awesome that would have been. 
That would have been a great way to tie him in. I never even considered yeah, that. I mean, yeah, to bring that all back together. I mean, just like, where did he come from? It's like, as he's shutting down and like the complete reset. And then, you know, I've heard, you know, and then R2 goes and restores his memory. Yeah. Um, and then you have to wonder, how much did R2 restore? Yeah. I mean, how long has he been backing him up? Does he uh-huh. give him all the way back to, hey, I just met you on Tatooine when I was a nine-year-old kid and I did a quick little do 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 while you're sitting there and then you know so he's basically got you know everything but that 10 years or actually he probably backed him up again and got that 10 years when anakin was off planet and everything that was going on with me so you know how much does c-3po now know at the very end of all this does he have just from you know from that memory wipe from bail on or does he have all the way back and it's, it's just kind of cool and it's, it's you know it's nice to think about i i love i love this so much because i think well at least speaking for myself and i know others kind of dismiss C-3PO because they think he's kind of annoying. He's kind of a know-it-all, and that's kind of his... That's how, that's how he's portrayed, in the, in, at least in the original films, when even, I guess all of them. The uh, sequel, too, because yeah, they those, all get mad at him. When yeah, they kind of roll their eyes, and he's just a know-it-all, right? But to, to, to realize that, like, he was built by a human, and he looks at himself differently than other droids do, and he is unique and special, and there's very... there's good reason for that so it's not like it's just that you know it's not just that he thinks he's better than everyone or he's he has all this great memory he, he really separates himself from other droids jory i just think uh that exactly where brent was talking about um when he gets his memory back too um i actually think it's kind of cool because it does speak to r2 and the friendship that they do have yeah because uh you know it, and, and, and almost like that C-3PO doesn't realize it, that how much uh, that he means to R2 because, you know, he says, you know, how dependable is R2? You know, he's just so irresponsible. But when it comes down to it, when he gave him his memory back, it was right up to the point that they, um, you know, right when they were about to depart, you know, that's where he has his memory from. Um, so it, it really speaks to R2 is, you know, he was always looking out for him as much as maybe you know, R2 thought of him as a, an annoying little brother or, or, you know, however that relationship really was in R2's mind. But, you know, it, when it all came down, you know, he was always looking out for him. At one point, he calls him his best friend, right? Yeah. So I just think that's like, I feel like we kind of think like, oh, a droid's just a droid. But they're so like, I don't know, personified, I guess. They like, yeah. they all have a personality and they have thoughts and feelings that they, you know, exhibit and it's not they're not just like machines that are only built to do what their makers tell them to do you know I mean I guess it depends on the maker but I just love how different they all are and I don't know they're just they're just like all the other characters and they deserve the same kind of storytelling yeah it's crazy to me too that I don't know if a lot of people know this but so Brent mentioned Anthony Daniels and yeah he is the guy in the suit but originally George Lucas was gonna have someone else do a voiceover and Mark Hamill told everyone in, in some of the behind-the-scenes footage and, and some of the interviews he's done that, like, we all were just like, why would you do that? Like, Anthony is – he is C-3PO. He's the little butler guy running around. And to think that maybe that wouldn't have, you know, happened is kind of crazy because it just yeah. – he makes the character and, and just his 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 interactions and his voice. It's just mm-hmm. – it's, it's all perfect. And, and I do – it's crazy to think that so many people have dismissed C-3PO and then in the end of the entire Skywalker saga, like he of all droids really has had a, a great evolution. Like Brent said that he he's, he's, I don't know. He has kind of, he has evolved and he, I, it's great. It's fantastic. Uh, Rob, anything to, to speak about C-3PO or. 
I mean, C-3PO is awesome, but I got to just go to R2 at this point right now because I got to say, in a lot of the films, R2 and you how immobile he really is, other than just we saw him fly like really that one time, how immobile he is, how many times did he literally save them? He saved them from the garbage chute. He saved Obi-Wan Kenobi and Anakin and got them out of their jam so that they could complete you know, episode three. I, there's so he literally, if he wasn't in the right place at the right time, and like the the hero, he's really the hero. I mean, the whole episode could have been a new squash. Seriously, <laughs> that's how you bring the droid. I mean, he's one of the best ones. And yes, yeah, C three PO, nothing wrong with him too. He has done a lot um, going into the episode nine and being able to translate. The Sith text that was big, and that helped that movie too. But that was just in other times that C three PO and going into the EU books was able to translate a lot of the things. He also was able to translate and talk to the Killix in the Fate series that I love so much. I'll try not to mention <laughs> it too much. We'll see. We'll see. If I do say the A word, everybody does a shot. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> not a droid. So, just an F, just a disclaimer. Not a droid. Rob's forbidden word. Not, yes, yes. The <laughs> queen of the stars. Anyway, uh, so you know his role across all of Star Wars history, C three PO. That is, was great. R two is, of course, we always know is the more braver one. It's kind of weird. But that's why I think that, like we were talking about the younger brother, older brother, you have that perfect meld. It's like the men and mice. You know, you have, I'm not saying like they were, but at the same time, it's like you have this this strong individual, but you have a small and together as a cohesive unit, they work together. But I'm also going to bring up too is L3, because L3 is a big, big, big part. And I know that a lot of you know that L3 eventually was, stored into the Millennium Falcon. So that is one of the biggest things, too, because going back into the EU, the Millennium Falcon, hence the book, actually is a key. I'll leave it at that because I keep breaking things. But droids are very, very, very needed in Star Wars world. I mean, the BD-1, how much did he help Cal? The Slice Droid with Iden Versio, how much did he help? Uh, I mean... Uh, the Mandalorian, it, the, all the droids help the human slash whatever characters, protagonists, antagonists that we need in Star Wars. They always help. They, and like we said, we ignored them for a long time. They are part of Star Wars more than anybody thinks they are. That's how it rolls. Yeah, they're often getting our, our heroes and heroines out of precarious situations. And they're also used, you know, for comedy a lot of times. And I thought... C-3PO in Rise of Skywalker, everything they did with C-3PO was so spot on when they're on Panassas and, and everyone's talking and he mentioned something and everyone looks back and C-3PO is like, it's just like Brent said, he sees himself as one of them and they're all looking at him and he just looks back. He's like, what are we looking at? Like he just, he, he doesn't see himself as a droid. And, and that's <laughs> often probably why he's so hard on R2. He separates himself from all the other droids. Very similar to L3 as well luke you're coming in a little late but uh, is c-3po a, a big favorite of yours or or maybe you know 
R2, or is it some of the newer droids maybe that you relate to uh, nowadays even more so? I like droids. I like, I like droids. Star Wars. He does some more ads on the podcast. Oh, wait, sorry. I just had to get that out of my system and watch more ads last night. Um, Me as well. We'll talk about the after hours. Oh, yeah. The Borat podcast is recorded later. <laughs> That's <right>. True. <laughs> Um, no, yeah, a lot of great stuff. A lot of thoughts come to mind. I don't know if you guys have you talked about K2SO at all. No. No. That's no. A, okay, another so huge one. K2SO. That was um, a, a dynamic that uh, I think is, is unique. I mean, we've had like L3 has her SAS um, too, but I think um, K2SO being like a more formidable uh, warrior droid in a way. Yeah. Like, there's an edge to it. Yeah. Like, he could really go off and, and do something when he says, you know, like, how annoyed he is with, with things. <laughs> so, like, there's some there's a slight menace behind behind the comedy. And I just, um, I haven't seen Alan Tudyk in that much, the actor who, who portrayed him. Yeah. Um, but I think it was awesome that he wasn't just, a, a like, a voice voiceover. That he was, you know, if you watch the special features, he's on set. And he's got the thing, like, on his shoulders <laughs> so that... People know what their eye line is for K2SO because he's way taller. Yeah. He's got like the droid head sticking up over top of him. Um, that must have taken a minute to get used to just not like laughing at that get up on Alan Tudyk. <laughs> but uh, I haven't seen him in very much, but like um, I always have like a soft spot uh, for him because um, I loved The Knight's Tale when that came out way back when. Mm. Um, and he was, you know, one of the two guys along with, with Heath Ledger. Um I don't remember the actor's name, but the other guy went on to be uh, Robert Baratheon in, in Game of Thrones, and he's oh, awesome. Yeah. Um, so those you know, three three really cool actors in that movie. When you look back on it, unfortunately, he's no longer with us. Um, so yeah, I, I love the you know the, the K2SO character in Rogue One. Um, gave us a bit something we hadn't seen before in terms of uh, we'd seen IG88, you know, an assassin droid before, but never as like a a fully fleshed out character who's with us throughout the movie. And uh, I think Brent might've mentioned it, you know, kind of like uh, the droids being a good gateway for a lot of kids. I think mm -hmm. when it, when it comes to star Wars, uh, my son got an R2D2 um, toy from my best friend when he was two years old and he's three and a half now. And uh, it, every time uh, it, it, it makes a bunch of noises, beeps and stuff. And it can roll around on its own if you press a button. And every like 20 odd presses, it's got Leia saying, help me, Obi-Wan Kenobi, you're my only hope. And he just like loses <laughs> it every time that one comes around. Um, and he hasn't seen that much Star Wars, but he knows like, he knows BB-8 and he knows R2 are part of Star Wars. And they're, they're so iconic and so like visually like um, immediately identifiable. Uh, and I think it's like... Uh, you know, kids like love animation because it looks different than real life. Yeah. And so they need like that visual like cue, like this is something I should I should check out. And I think the droids are an early you know, we see the beginning of the saga through their eyes really and uh they help hook us in, like, Oh, this is something different. Who are the what are these things, you know? Yeah, yeah. you can't even imagine Star Wars without the droids, but then take take think of for a second Take Star Wars and remove the droids from it. No. It's not for kids. <laughs> it is not for kids. It's very 
it's very serious topics of oppression and rebellion. And you have these, these actors and actresses that are like, you know, sex icons. Like you got Harrison Ford, you know, big time, like ladies man. And, you know, obviously like Carrie Fisher is beautiful and the guy in the skimpy. It's not for kids. If you don't have the droids and even the creatures, like that's another big part of it. Like Jabba and, 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 uh, <laughs> Bib Fortuna is actually, I think like a nightmare to most kids, but you take that out. It's not, it's not for kids then at that point. Holly, I, I mean, you love Star Wars. You yep. are. A, I think you might be the biggest fan of droids on yeah. this podcast. So what 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 speaks to you about the droids? That's probably not an understatement. No. I know that before we've kind of had a conversation about like what makes Star Wars Star Wars. And I know there's been a lot of talk about like lightsabers and the force. That's right. And I think that droids are up there because like you said and Luke and Brent have brought up. I mean, we all know like it wouldn't be Star Wars without the droids. And the droids are some of the most iconic characters that we have. I mean, yeah. I used to have an Xbox that when you turned it on and you turned it off, it would make an R2 noise. I used to have... Oh, that must be nice. It was kind of fun. Although creepy when it would do it on its own. I had like a weird glitch in the middle of the night. It would do it. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> it was like, ooh, holly, beep, boop, beep, boop. And we have, I mean, one of my favorite scenes ever is on Dagobah in the original trilogies when R2 comes flying out of the swamp and makes that ridiculous yeah. noise. I mean, I had that as a ringtone, like a text tone on my phone. Like, oh, I feel like the droids nice. make some really awesome sounds and they're great cartoons. And I feel like I have a bajillion shirts and R2 and mm -hmm. C3PO are always in the background. They're on all of the posters that we have here. I mean, they're in every piece of Star Wars, are all the t-shirts. Like, I just feel like you can't have Star yeah. Wars without the droids. I think that they're so great. And I think that if we're talking about how the droids can kind of pull these kids into Star Wars and kind of be like that kind of gateway, I feel like they're also really good characters to kind of teach and show, like, empathy. Because yeah. I feel like... They're not human characters, but they still are being portrayed as having thoughts and feelings and they're listened to and they have advice that they give. And we see like Leia and Luke at different times seek counsel from the droids. We mm -hmm. see Ray, you know, have a moment of compassion with Dio where she kind of, you know, gives him oil and makes him less squeaky and more comfortable. And I just, yeah. I feel like those are really small moments, but they're also really big. They're huge moments. And, and L3, I mean, obviously, it's a huge cause of hers. <laughs> Droid's right, she screams out. And, and it may seem silly, and I know even a lot of the new canon novels have talked about you know, droids and, and how they should be treated and droids even like kind of rebelling because they're not treated right. And I, that's a huge, it is a huge and important story in Star Wars because they may just be droids, but... Because we're, we're, we're directing this story to kids, we want kids to also treat everyone and everything yeah. with respect. Whether they agree with them or not, you treat them with respect. With compassion. It's, it's exactly. Whether it's a droid or a creature, you're going to treat it with respect. And, and I think that's it's, it is a very important story. And I like that they're kind of, now that it is especially a Disney product, they're really pushing that. And it may seem silly, but we're also adults. <laughs> and, and you have to remember, we're seeing this new Disney era through eyes of adults. And it's easy to forget it is for the kids. It is it is for all these guys' kids. And, and, and even my nephew like they're on the clone wars it's the droids even the little battle separatist droids are comedic and funny and they can drive a story like you give them credit too and they, they every droid has moments and not just even the big heroes and it's it's such an important part of star wars we don't often credit it enough and we kind of take it for granted as we've at least i have as i've kind of grown older but uh it's what keeps kids in Star Wars. It's what gets them into Star Wars. And it, it, oh, it might just look cool in the beginning, but oh my God, they're funny. And even like when uh, Luke was bringing up K2, like the programming even could be a great, like, 
oh, well, this imperial programming's coming through. It can it can drive you know great comedic moments or even storylines. So it's just yeah, boy, it's kind of it's kind of like the relationship we have with our pets, right? You you know they're not people, but at the Do same we? time, I'm pretty well, sure Chewie is a human. <laughs> Well, maybe. He is like a grouchy old man stuck yes. in a dog's body. Yeah. But, I mean, that's fine. But I just feel like the relationship that some of the characters in the movies have with their droids are like the same kind of relationship I feel like I have with Chewie, where it's like you talk to them like they're people. Maybe the droids obviously understand a little bit more than Chewie does. But yeah. it's like I feel like it's that same kind of relationship. Like you're not a person but here I am still trying to have that kind of relationship and you provide me companionship and when I'm lonely you make me not lonely and you listen to me and I just like I don't yeah. know I just really love that Anakin was a great like like <laughs> Brent mentioned Anakin and, and, and C-3PO in the beginning like he was all Anakin had and his mother and yeah, it's it, just it's just I a great back on that yeah I just want to add this and then I want you two to go on and what Holly just brought up is what I was actually thinking the whole time. By the way, Luke, great shirt. We rock tonight. Um, a lot of great flying casual merch happening on the podcast. Jory. Jory's offended. He's wearing the same shirt. You got to check this out on YouTube, guys. It's fantastic. So I want to say, like, yes, like Luke and them, they all actually understood R2-D2. Like, straight up, they could talk to them. Whereas, like, for other characters... C-3PO had to talk about what R2 said to them because they didn't understand that. Mm -hmm. And then when you just brought up uh, Chewie, too, of course, we all knew Han knew Wookiee, so he could talk to him, too. So I just wanted to add that in and just throw that in because it's it's funny also how with the droids and other characters being pets or whatever, just understanding that some of the characters actually understood what they were saying, but some of the other characters also needed the other characters to explain that. Yeah, That's and, a great and, point. and oftentimes you can tell what they what it is that they're saying even without any you know translation and, and no facial awesome. expressions. Like, yes. how is it that we can understand what the droids are saying in the movies or on the TV shows, but they don't really have any facial expressions? Well, that's a tribute to the artists and the creators who are able to come up with these concepts. And I can't even imagine going through the Lucasfilm archives and seeing like even the creatures that didn't make the cut. I know they spend so much time on these things and, and eventually the producers and directors determine what's in on it. It's just like, what else are we missing out on? And it's great that though, oftentimes they're bringing that stuff into the new stories and we're actually getting to experiencing it. It's just, it's freaking fantastic. I'm so glad Brent brought this up uh, because it's, it's something that we don't talk about enough and I'm going to try to remember when we're reading these canon novels and, and watching these stories uh, and just bringing this up more because it is extremely important. And droids don't have the force. They don't wield laser swords, but they're such a huge integral part of Star Wars and they are entitled to be you know discussed way more on this podcast. Droids rights. I will say this. One of my favorites. Yes. One of my favorite moments. It's been a while since I've watched Rebels, so I'm probably going to get the scene wrong, so I'm not going to give the specific details, but there's one episode where they're trying to get in or out of some like building that the empire has like blocked off and they're surrounded by the empire and they're like how are we going to get in and then Chopper's just like 
and he just like wheels himself out there and he just like presses the button and opens the door <laughs> and everyone's just like something's wrong with him he needs to be reset and then they all get in like it's like little moments like that where the droids yeah. kind of like get fed up with having the conversations about like how are we going to do this what are the technical details and they're like we're just going to do it because they are probably the most logical of all of them right and analytical and they, they like there's a very easy solution but none of you are going to listen to me because you don't take me seriously and it's it's comical but there's also a you know if you want something done right do it yourself or have a droid droids say yeah well guys anything else about droids anything we missed i mean anyone on this panel hate droids that'd be terrible joy you hate droids yeah i hate droids get out Um, you them (laughs) no uh i i actually just want to throw in one more um uh when temen you know was was looking for for you know his 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 best friend you know he had to create his best friend and you know and i, I thought that it was pretty cool with mr bones and in mm. a series we haven't really gone into a ton but the aftermath series um you know and, and he had a, a lot of parallels too um kind of with c3po um but in a more comedic way but he was you know always looking for the sacrifice uh, protector uh, i guess not necessarily exactly like c3po but you know but his end i guess his original body's end you know came when he was protecting Temin's mom mm. you know because uh nora you know and they go down or whatever and, and i don't want to give too much away i guess but uh you know he he has that same mindset that we were talking about earlier with c3po of of uh, making that ultimate sacrifice, you know, for the people that he loves or the people um, or somebody else that, you know, that he loves his mom, you know, so it's just, it's pretty cool. Um, Mr. Bones is hilarious. And if anybody hasn't read Aftermath, Mm. uh, he's a great addition to that. And Luke earlier was talking about uh, the guy that played uh, um, Robert Baratheon. It's Mark Addy. And I just want to give him a shout out because Mark Addy is a phenomenal actor. And uh, Alan Tudyk was also in 42, um, yeah. the Jackie Robinson story. Uh, he was the asshole. Uh, I, I guess we can't say whole, but the ass um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, manager. And he was in Dodgeball. He's Pirate Steve. Mm. You know? So Alan Tudyk is, is uh, one of my favorite actors, actually. Um, it's kind Firefly of Firefly and Serenity to stay in the sci-fi realm. Mm. Yep, yep, yep. He was in iRobot, too. He actually played uh, the actual robot in iRobot. So he, he actually has done a lot of that, um, like... It's kind of behind the scenes, you know. Mm-hmm. He plays a character that isn't, you know, actually see his face. That's why it's, you know, he's like a, he's a guy that you kind of remember, but then you're like, how do I remember who he is? But, uh, but no, a fantastic actor. That's, I'm glad you brought that up, Joy, because we've talked about, you know, how iconic these characters are and how they save the day and and offer comedy when you know it's needed, but. Droid sacrifices in Star Wars are some of the most brutal yeah. things. Uh, like Mr. Bones. And that's a huge testament to Chuck Wendig because Mr. Bones was freaking hilarious and brutal and violent all together. And just the writing was just genius. And you, you can, I, I can picture him in my mind. I don't even know if I've ever seen a depiction of Mr. Bones, but in my mind, I know exactly what he looks like. And that's just a, it's just, that's just a great character. And you feel that sacrifice and you're only reading the book. But like K2. I mean, I think K2 sacrifice in Rogue One, we only got K2 for like an hour. And he's kind of having an annoying old Imperial droid. But like, 
of all the sacrifices, I think his hit me the most. Yeah. Because he had a great arc, right? He came around and he, he ended up joining, you know, the cause and, 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 and kind of recognizing Jen and her sacrifice and then making the ultimate sacrifice for them and seeing that affect them. It's just they're just machines, but there is that, you know, humanity there that we can we kinda pick from those characters and that's great storytelling and it's great actors like alan tudyk that even if they're looking at some prop you know four feet above his head when they're interacting with him it's still those interactions are still coming out and you can you can't tell it's alan tudyk really talking as k2 but boy the personality coming through you like that is alan tudyk like it's just it's fantastic and i think those actors doing those roles Mm -hmm. probably aren't even getting enough credit as well (laughs) um even playing the creatures like chewbacca you know what i'm saying it was the same with um anthony daniels when we were at celebration we saw him speaking on a panel and i mean they had to take him off stage that man was so passionate about his character and his role and his opportunities from star wars that he would talk about it all night they literally had to usher him off stage because they couldn't get him to stop and he's just like so wonderful and so chatty and really you can see bits and pieces of the actors in the characters that they play and it's what makes it so special and it's a huge part of his life and now after seeing the rise of skywalker and watching you know him speak at celebration it makes so much sense now and why he was so excited and it's just Anthony Daniels is always fun to listen to, but there was something extra that he was bringing to last year's celebration, and you knew that C-3PO was getting his due. Yeah. And now it all makes sense. You're like, they, it was it was a perfect wrap-up to him. And I know some people were like, well, where's, you know, R2? R2 was in so much of Star Wars. Um, so I, I totally understand that, but I thought it, it was fantastic. And it, sacrifices. Then when it, everyone, I kind of thought that was, you know, C-3PO's end there when he said, I'm taking a last look at my friend. I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> This could be it. And I had that same reaction with Chewie as well. But, uh, oh, God. boy, if we would have lost C3, that would have been crazy. But, anyway, anything else, guys? I could talk about droids for 10 hours. Brent? Well, I, I mean, going on to the Mandalorian, that ultimately even how annoying self-destruct became at the end of that one episode. Oh, boy. Yeah. He ended up sacrificing himself, yeah. too. That just wanted to do it. And then, yeah. IG-11. Yeah. I mean, we got... Eight episodes for 20 minutes each, uh, you know, and IG-11 wasn't even all of them. And his sacrifice at the end in that lava river, boy, that was brutal. Now, that was a great poll, Rob. Yeah, Brent. I'll, say, I'll just uh, bring it back to C-3PO here to wrap up, and then we can move on, um, get into the, some more Mando speculation and stuff like that. Well, we still have time to speculate, and we have uh, actual <laughs> information next week. Um, but I was going to say, uh, you know, last week when you guys were talking about in the, in the uh, book uh, club, uh, just kind of Anakin's view on how he viewed C-3PO at that point in time. You know, he had created yeah. him, and since he created him as a slave, and since Anakin was no longer a slave, he felt that C-3PO no longer was anyone's property either, and he mm. basically, at that point in time, C-3PO could have been doing whatever he wanted. He could have just wandered off and just been, you know, roaming there, you know, roaming the galaxy, observing humans as he meant to do, and just, you know, helping out whoever he wanted to. Yeah, And then he think that, you know, so at that point in time, he could have walked off, but then Bale goes and wipes his memory. And it's like, yeah, and, you know, just, you know, what could C-3PO have done in that entire time span? You know, if, you know, he, he wouldn't have been bound to that and just, you know, the adventures he could have had on his own is, you know, as a, a, a droid with free will, so to speak. Um, and just, you know, and, and it's just kind of great when you think about, you know, all, all the things that you can do when you write books and like all the different social issues that you can kind of touch yes. on and how you can do it or whatever. Um, I think 
the droids are really important because it allows you to touch on racism without mm -hmm. delving directly into it. Yeah. Um, because you can, you know, you can get, bring up all these issues related to droids and you don't have to make it so obvious that you're doing it by relating it to a person or a species. Exactly. Yeah. So I think Star, I think Star Wars, you know, it's in that unique opportunity to be able to do that well and easily because you have not only the droids, but all the different species mm -hmm. that, you know, especially with the empire, the way it was impacted. Um, and I, I think, you know, whether, you know, whether or not you're for it or how, what you wanted in your stories, I think is an important point. And I think Disney's probably going to run with it and you're going to see a lot more of those sorts of issues brought up. And I, and I think it's great because it's, you know, if that's the way that we can break through this barrier and in, in America, especially then, you know, I, I so be it. And I'll, I'll get off my little, uh, I horse there and we'll go back to the thing. But anyway, back to C-3PO. Well, I was um, going to say, actually, like, Brent, stay on that high horse. Because yeah. when Rob and Michael were talking about L3 and Rogue One, it's like, it's literally, that was the conversation. It was, at least to me, it was mm -hmm. a commentary on race, right? Because mm -hmm. you have L3, like, out there, like, encouraging these droids to, like, break away from their oppressors mm -hmm. and have these, like, droid rights. And I just feel like, you know, it's so amazing to me how so many people have empathy for the droids in these situations but can't apply it to what's happening in the real world and it's just bonkers to me it blows my mind but yeah it well it makes it easier for a child to understand right like yeah. kids aren't necessarily you're right. not going to show them documentaries you know of our nation's past and it, i mean a lot of kids that were gonna say like what's happening to, to, you know, minorities in this country is wrong. A lot of mm -hmm. them are going to recognize that, but when you take a fun interactive story yep. and they recognize that, you know, this droid has a personality, it has feelings and it's, that's coming through and, and you're not treating them the way I would want to be treated. They're going to recognize that and it's going to, it's going to translate hopefully into the rest of their life. I, I think that's, it's, it's genius storytelling. And I think that's where George got it so right in the beginning and Disney is really taking off with it, I think. Yeah, and they can elicit those emotional reactions from you so easily you don't even... Yeah, I think that's right. absolutely spot on, my friend. But you had more about C-3PO? Oh, I was just going to say, I just kind of going back to, you know, his origins or whatever and the fact that Anakin built him in the first place. And it's yeah. like, you have to think, it's like, so, you know, Anakin was nine when he left and C-3PO wasn't completed. So just, you know, how long was he working on it for? And he's like, me, you know, I'm, <laughs> you know, I'm technically somewhat competent so i would figure it would take me at least two to five years to build a cyborg like that <laughs> and that's at my age here where i know what i'm doing so you know it's this little kid you know how long has anakin been working on c-3po you figure yeah. probably at least two years since he was seven and you know why would he start to build a cyborg to help his mom because that was yeah. the reason that he did it did he have some sort of vision as a child that he was going to be leaving yeah. to go and, and it was just like and because i think he even says like sorry i didn't have time to finish you like yeah. he knew this was coming but then Qui-Gon showed up early and, it, and you yeah. know, and you just kind of, and you start thinking about that and, and then you get into Anakin's journey and it's like, you know, it, it's just, it's just kind of cool and just kind of to tie it back in there and, you know, well think how different C-3PO would be if Anakin's, you know, upbringing was different. If Anakin wasn't a slave all of his life, right. Would he, would he have paid and put so much effort into C-3PO and interacted with him so much? He would be a completely different. Built him. Exactly. Right. Would he have even built him, but he, he wanted a friend, right. And someone to help out mom. And that's right. that, some of that selflessness. The reason he was built wasn't, it, and it wasn't even necessarily for Anakin, right. He ended up probably being one of his best friends, but it was to help his mom. His mom didn't have anyone around. So the, his origins alone are built on selflessness. And that's, that's what's so great. C three PO can be very selfish in many times, and and often, like Brent saying, what adventures he could have went on with just the creature that he was. But his dedication was to his friend R two, and when R two said, "No, we've got to 
we got to go do this. And he's like, oh, I'm all, you're always getting me into trouble. But he's, he's dedicated to that friend that he has made. And it's just, by God, it's such a freaking great story. I could talk about this for days. And I think we need to. We need to continue to talk about this stuff. It's, it's really important. And I, it feels terrible translating to the Mando. But let's talk some more about the droids in Mando and maybe what kind of, what, what that, what that's, yeah, Rob. So I, going back to the scene where CP3O translated the Killix drawings, ultimately when he translated it, and it's a little spoiler alert because the Killix were like bugs, and ultimately in the EU the Killix were like the, t- the not the timekeepers, but they kept track of everything for all the years. So as the events of all the Star Wars and all the old Republic happened. They had it down. And what the craziest thing was, if I remember it right, I think I do, it was thousand years because every thousand years a, a destroyer would come back. So if you remember back when we were talking about, and you know, we were, we were talking about Palpatine and how I said Palpatine was the new, not saying it. Uh, when when they when C three PO was able to translate them and all of the hieroglyphics that they had drawn over those years, it almost felt like that Star Wars almost repeats every thousand years. And I think without C three PO, that connection wouldn't have been made. And without him, that was a very vital thing for the end of the Fate series. Because that knowledge helped them defeat. But I just wanted to add that too. Again, even in near the end, C-3PO not being R2-D2 this whole time, that was really, in my opinion, may have been one of his most defining moments because he was able to help them understand who she was. And I think that's that's really big for all the droids. It's a big droid win because, again, it goes back to his ability to talk to multiple beings, creatures, and being able to read and decipher things as well. Well, but and then I, when you're bringing that up, I'm even thinking though, in the Rise of Skywalker, like even C-3PO though was forbidden from translating Sith, right? Like that wasn't even included in his programming. It was, he was kind of built, you know, for good. So that was kind of a restricted thing. He couldn't even tap into, but you're right. He made that sacrifice. He was willing to there in the end to save his friends and say, you know what? I'm not going to remember any of these experiences, even though I, you know, lived the most of star Wars, but he was willing to kind of give it all up for, for those guys. It's just, it's a great story. It makes me really sad for Anakin too. Now that we're talking about it, like (laughs) that is what Brent talked about. And and we were mentioning with Anakin and C3PO and and him creating him out, you know, for his mother, it's just such a tragic story That, that when, when she said he was, he knew no greed. I mean, she was right kind of grew into a little asshole but like she was right started out good it's the dark side dark it is the dark side the dark side i do have a question maybe this is a dumb question but when robin you were just talking about c3po and being forbidden from like translating the sith text if anakin didn't specifically program him for that then would we know why like just inherently he couldn't do that or i don't know babu frick did something with his head to allow him to do it but, but who uh, like who like 
programmed him to not be allowed. Like, specifically, like, you are forbidden from translating. Maybe Palpatine. I don't know, Jory. I would say that might have no, come from Bale's reprogramming. True. Um, yeah. At that point with the wipe and what might have come in there. Or it could just be a basic part of, you know, the, the very root uh, protocol yeah. programming that Anakin installed before he did everything else to him. True. I, the irony of Anakin <laughs> yeah. making C-3PO not be able to translate a Sith text that potentially later could have given him the information that he wanted. If but. only someone would have programmed Anakin that way. Well, he could just talk to him in that language the entire time. Nobody <laughs> would know because C-3PO could respond in said language. He just can't translate it back to basic. True. Jeez. <sighs> Jory, I got you mid-gulp. Sorry. No, I was I was actually just going to say uh, what Brenton just said. You know, it was probably, it was probably a... Uh, uh, basic uh, protocol droid uh, programming that you know said like hey or, or maybe it you know and it could be just something across the board that you know maybe all the programming you know because we find out that Anakin um, and I don't know if this is canon still or not because um, I don't remember where I, I heard it but um, you know Anakin did a lot of modifications to 3PO and uh, you know in those modifications you know he probably had programs that you know, he was installing into him and maybe just across the board, you know, everything's like the ancient uh, Sith language is just a no, no. So, yeah. you know, I mean, I'm sure that there's a way that they could explain it, but I don't think that we have ever been told. Yeah. Yeah. It's just like basic programming. It's like, I will not hurt a uh, living being and I will not translate Sith. And <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the, the Ten Commandments for the droids. I, right I wonder if I feel like they have an opportunity to kind of explain some of like the background on these things when they come out with all the High Republic material. And I just like wonder if any of that ever will. Because I feel like that was something very specific that came up in the last movie that we hadn't really been given before so well maybe know. it was it, i'm not saying like like a voldemort kind of thing but like hey sith are gone let's not talk about that like yeah. we don't want to we don't want to bring that up again we went through a thousand years of that like let's just let's just not talk about them and maybe it'll all stay and go away and that's mm-hmm. part of their failures just kind of living yeah. you know with a bag over your head history repeats itself jedi you better believe it yeah it's very very tragic um but let's 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 move on let's let's move on to the mandalorian i know these guys have some some thoughts about the upcoming season what is today we got we got a week less than a week mm-hmm. uh till this premiere of season two and if you guys checked out the special look that 30 second you know somewhat of a trailer we had a lot of footage that we've already already seen before but one thing that we talked about on our youtube special um our youtube exclusive discussion uh was going to be a 10 minute conversation turned into like a 40 minute conversation um honestly it didn't seem like there was much new in this trailer other than the mando saying hey if i'm gonna really find this this child and where he belongs like i need to find more mandalorians and i and it almost i don't know if he said find them first um, but we really picked up on that discuss- in that uh, conversation, that particular statement, because everything else we've already kind of seen. So I want to get the council's views on, on that special look or like, did it kind of lead to any more theories you guys have about where the Mando's going and what's the future of Green Bean? And is the Mando just going to trade him off, you know, to uh, to uh, the uh, the dark saber wielder and, and, and say, I don't want to take care of this kid anymore. Give me the dark saber. We'll make an even trade. Is that something that could happen? Probably not. But, Brent, I want to start with you. Did you get to see the special look? But if not, you know, just hearing, you know, the Mando say, I need to go find more Mandalorians first. Like, what's what's the reason for that? I, no, I was able to catch it. Um, I didn't watch it during football because I don't watch football. But um, 
it goes on the internet, you know, instantly afterwards. That's right. So I was able to get it there. Um, but, uh, no, I, I think, I think it's important because I think that's going to be the way that Ahsoka is brought into it. I don't think he's going out there looking for Ahsoka because he's trying to find Jedi. I think he's out there. He's going to find Sabine, which was probably something that we're going to wind up finding. Um, and that's going to lead to Ahsoka because the last time we saw them, they were leaving together at the end of return of the Jedi. Yeah. Um, um, but you know, and I start. I've been thinking more and more about this, and as to why Ahsoka might be coming into it, and I, I can understand her taking it. But I, I just really it brings up more questions about Ahsoka as to what she was doing during the original trilogy. Granted, she wasn't a thought during the time that the original trilogy was actually written and produced. Yeah. Um, but just the fact that we now know that you know she was fulcrum, she was intricately involved with the rebellion. Yeah. Up to the point of a new hope at least, or, yeah. you know, immediately before that, because we wind up, see, we see that Sindula at least is in Rogue One, which would take place immediately before that, because we see the ghosts at the end and still right. Scarif. Yeah. And we have to assume that, you know, Ahsoka is still somewhere around there. So how would she not know or hear at least, even if she's, if, even if she was only Bale's contact and Bale was the only one from their Bale and that directly dealt with her. Yeah. How would she have not have heard or be contacted that, oh, hey, there's this kid that named Skywalker that blew up the Death Star. Mm-hmm. It was like, and she doesn't put two and two together that, oh, yeah, you know, oh, Anakin Skywalker and Luke Skywalker and, you know, yeah. everything that she knew that was going on between her and him and Padme, that she wouldn't have at least reached out to him yeah. at some point in time during those four years of, you know, him taking down the second Death Star and defeating Palpatine and all that fun jazz. You know, and how did, you know, somewhere along the lines, how did she not go and just talk to him or guide him? It's like, you know, obviously he didn't have Obi-Wan anymore and she would have heard about his death on the first Death Star and know that even if she didn't know he was alive before know that he was and is now gone yeah and then just she she may not know that yoda's around so why would she have not reached out to him to attempt to to train him or anything or you know we even if not to tell him about his father to at least hey i I can help you here yeah Um, so i mean that's my biggest question for her when she does come back into the picture in whatever regard is like you know i I mean unless she just completely took off and you know her and sabine were out doing stuff looking while syndula was doing other things and then they wind up and meet back up there everything's done um, so, you know, there's that the entire time that she's just not around, you know, that could explain it. But, you know, that's my real question. Yeah. Like what I, I I'm wondering, does Ahsoka even want any part of this? I, she you know, she kind of left the Jedi. She's coming back, you know, uh, for her friends. But like, I don't know. Is she going to have an inner to come back? We all expect we all want her to. Right. But we never really think about what if this hero just you know, like Luke Skywalker. Everyone hated that. I loved it. So maybe maybe she doesn't want to come back and join this, Holly. I, I don't no, know. She definitely yeah? wants to come back. Well, I don't know if she wants to come back, but I feel like she has to come back because okay. if you guys remember from the Ahsoka book, like she had the same thing. Like I don't want anything to do with this. I just want to stay in hiding. And mm-hmm. then she kind of just like comes to the realization, like this is my calling. Like I am able to help people. Yeah. I have this gift that lets me help them. Like that is my duty. Whether it's as a Jedi or just as like a citizen of the galaxy, like that's my duty. So I don't think that she would run away from that also like back to part of brent's point i think that we see her in so much denial about what happened to anakin that i feel like after she realizes who that he did turn into darth vader if you want to say it like that Mm -hmm. i just feel like that's such like a scary thing for her to have to process and deal with it probably Mm. takes a while and i feel like there's like a lot of damage that comes with that, that she would have to learn how to process. And I feel like that might explain part of her disappearance or 
not reaching out to Luke or any of that because I kind of feel like it's like, where do I go from here now that I have this information? I feel like I want to see that story. Yeah. But I feel like that's so much of what Kenobi's going to, I'm talking as if I know the title of it. It should have been from a certain point of view, but you know, that's not possible. Uh, But like, I feel like we're going to get so much of that, of regret and processing this. and, And we find out why, you know, Ben Kenobi is the way he is. I, I just don't feel like we're going to go there with Ahsoka. I think it's something we're going to maybe read in a book, right, off screen. Um, but you're right. She, maybe even more than Obi-Wan, I mean, she was with him for a long time, yeah. right? Kind of a, a brother-sister relationship, <clears throat> teacher-padawan relationship. I feel like she she has just as much to process as Obi-Wan does. I feel like, you know, she fought him too, you know, just like Obi-Wan did and, and, and had realized it very quickly who he was. At least Obi-Wan kind of knew what he was up against. She really didn't. And it, it kind of all happened at once. Um, what I like Brent bringing up with Sabine. Yeah. I don't think I, we talk so much about Ahsoka and even like Rex being in this show. We don't talk about Sabine enough. Because I think Sabine kind of makes some sense, too. And, you know, in Rebels, Sabine, you know, she welded the Darksaber for a bit. Didn't really want anything to do with it. Didn't, it didn't feel like she thought she was worthy. But, boy, wouldn't it be a kicker if she shows up in this show and maybe she is the true Mandalore. Maybe she is the one who's worthy of wielding it. And maybe the Mando is just, you know, the one to help her get to that. I, I don't know. Jory, how, how do you feel about that? But, uh, you know, I, I don't know if you actually got to see the special look, but we're looking for more Mandalorians. It, it, we we want to believe it's Bo-Katan, that it's Sabine. Is that something you want to see? Could she be a big part of this? Yeah, I definitely want to see it. Um, I, I actually didn't watch it until just recently, but I did get your guys' thoughts on it. So, uh, you know, from last week's podcast, or not, I'm sorry, the uh, the special on YouTube. So, um, <clears throat> no, I, I'm definitely down for them to make this an all-encompassing, you know, get get Sabine Ren in there, get yeah. Bo-Katan in there. Um, you know, I'm really starting to ramp up in Rebels Let's now. Go. So you yes. guys are proud of me. Let's I'm go. finally watching through it. Um, but, uh, no, I mean, I, I'm definitely down for them to uh, bring them in and uh, make them part of this universe, um, you know. And, and for me, I'm actually a big believer and I know you guys kind of talked about this before, but I think that, uh, Sasha Banks's character is going to end up being Sabine Wren. Um, I mean, that's just my yeah. personal opinion. I, I really do see a lot of parallels and, and why that would make sense. Um, and so I guess we'll, I guess we'll see. Um, but no, I, I'm, I'm definitely down for them to uh, bring, bring Sabine or Bo-Katan in and, uh, and, you know, just, just really make this connective, um, as far as, you know, connecting it to rebels. Dorian with the big speculation. I, and that's, he's absolutely right. I, I went in with the Mandalorian thinking, you know, we're not going to connect much and then boom, Here's this Yoda species, right? Day one. Here's this thing. We've got to explain this. And oh, all the, also the Darksaber's in here. And I don't know why I never suspected something that huge happening when you have Dave Filoni a part of the project and John Favreau being a huge fan of, of, of those products. It's just, it is going to connect. And, and boy, we just scratched the surface. And if we're following the playbook of season one, Something big's happened in episode one, and then we are going to have to explain that for the next X eight episodes, which I think I'm also finding out today that we're getting 50-minute episodes. That's the rumor mill going around, so I'll take that over 20 minutes. Uh, Rob, 
Uh, maybe breaking news there. I don't know. But do you have any thoughts after seeing that special look? Did it add anything to any speculation you might be having right now? Uh, as a speculation right now, I'm trying to hold myself together in the other room. But um, so first of all, I want to stop. I want to start back because I want to piggyback. Oh, did Ahsoka feel Vader slash Anakin die through the series? Now, she was very, you know, as of right now, she's incognito, but she was able to feel his fall. Yeah. But did she feel him die? So, you know, when Maul was talking to her and he goes, hey, you know, it's true, but she can never admit it to herself. Mm. I'm wondering if she admitted it to herself that he actually died or if she became at peace with that. Now, that being said, I want to say the way that Disney and they write Ahsoka, the way they write Ahsoka is that she happens to always fall into some you know, she just falls into it. She falls into it. So it's usually not her choice. And I want to say that th- this right here, we're, we're, we're true that the Mando should probably die this this season, right? Because he's leaving. Din is leaving, right? Can we say that? I, I don't know if that's fact, but I think there's rumors out there about Speculation. that. Yeah, I think there are. Okay. It's just a suit. You can get rid of Pedro and nobody would know. True. Yeah, it kind of goes back to having you know uh, what's his name? Me, jeez, um, uh, Hayden Christensen come back. It's like yeah. they didn't bring him back for Road One, so you can put anyone in the Vader suit. Unless you're doing a flashback for Obi One, there's no reason to have Hayden. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So what I'm going to say is, so what if in some way to usher the series and end the series, Moff Gideon and the Mando die at the same time, thus leaving. At this point, they have to write Ahsoka in, so when both of them die, the child's just there, Ahsoka's just there, and she has no choice, which would then usher in next year's Ahsoka series. It could, ha- it could happen. Just- the Mandalorian is... It- you know, at first it felt like we were just focusing on this one Mandalorian and we we get introduced to others, but it's almost just starting to feel like more like an idea. And maybe it isn't yeah. necessarily Din Jaren Holly, taking yeah. off as the Mando, but yes. everyone kind of encompassing this idea yeah. of what a Mandalorian That's is. That's what I was going to say. And then Rob kind of like brought that point up again. And I was like, this feels valid. A, are we sure that the Mandalorian is actually referring to him or like... Brent and Jory have been talking about Sabine. What if we have the wrong Mandalorian in mind and there's yeah. actually a different Mandalorian that we're just getting set up? What if there's a little Beskar yeah. helping, hel- helmet also, for Green Bean that has ear holes? I, I, I you mean, know, that I, would be baller. Green Bean evolves into a Mandalorian. That'd be sick. adopted into the Mandalorian. Culture. Give him a jetpack. That would Give be the most adorable the thing I've ever seen in my life. the rising phoenix. Okay. <laughs> anyway, second question. Yeah. Um, are we sure that the plural of Mandalorian is Mandalorians or is the plural of Mandalorian Mandalorian? Because it could just be the Mandalorian is just like you said, all encompassing, like all of the Mandalorian because it's a plural like moose. I don't know. Yeah. And I mean, the Mandalorians were led by Mandalore. So it's just, you know, is it that the idea of a Mandalorian is just kind of changing and it's, it's, it is more of an idea now that's and what, I not mean, so much a people. I, I don't know. I mean, that's what we like that. Well, personally, I will not speak for anybody else. I will just speak for me. That's yeah. what I kind of liked about the whole concept mm-hmm. of the Skywalker, like yeah. Ray Skywalker. She's not like, it's not like the Skywalker bloodline per yeah. se only. It's like Skywalker as a concept, like the kind of person that you are. 
Yeah. But The Mandalorian, I don't know. It's just, I mean, it, to me, it's, you could call this series the rise of Mandalore, right? And, and not necessarily being Mandalorian, Mandalore himself, but like... The culture. Duchess Satine was trying mm. to change the culture and change the way these people thought and, 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 uh, and addressed conflict. R.I.P. And uh, we just witnessed some things, you know, in the Clone Wars Holly and a rewatch and very tragic. Uh. But, uh, you know, just kind of getting them to embrace change. And, and we don't really know much about Mandalore now. Uh, and this just seems like it's going to be that story. And then, you know, in numerous seasons, we can kind of flesh that out. But Luke, we had a chance to talk about this this week. Have you sat on it a little longer? Have, has is any of this kind of jarring up any thoughts at this time? Yeah. In, in terms of uh, which characters we're going to see and, and the ones we already kind of been revealed, we don't know who they are. Uh, are, previous recap of this this new special look you know i said seeking out more mandalorians there's three obvious candidates boba fett sabine ren and bo katan and i gotten around to kind of rewatching season one again and as i finish it up in season eight and you get the reveal our episode eight you get the reveal of a baby not baby but like kid din mm. being saved by the mandalorians from the droids in the clone wars and you know the, the the Star Wars sleuths looked at the the sigils of those Mandalorians and determined it's the same sigil as Death Watch, mm. which would line up with Bo-Katan because that's kind of her background. Yeah. Uh, so to me, that hints towards like he would seek out like he he must hold Death Watch in some high regard because they're yeah. the ones who saved his life. Let's go. So to me, like that hints most strongly to Bo-Katan, and it's been rumored. That Katie Sackhoff, who voiced her, um, is in the cast, um, and I think the the Sasha Banks character, if they're not trying to do some misdirection, the the voiceover in the first trailer heavily hinted at her being more of a um, a Force wheeler Jedi than a Mandalorian. So if they weren't trying to do it like a switcheroo or misdirection, I don't think Sasha Banks is Sabine Wren. Um, but I don't, I don't, you know, they could be just, you know, messing with us too. So let's not rule anything out. But for me, it's like, uh, in terms of who the Mandalorian is going to seek out Bo-Katan, I feel it's like I've, I've really zeroed in on that. That's the one. Yeah. I love talking about Din's kind of perspective of like who the Mandalorians are. He probably has a very limited idea of what they are, what they believe in, their history, their experiences. Because if it was Death Watch, he might not know that they've done a lot of really shitty things. So it's it's maybe grasping with that history, right, and saying, "What? Well, why? Maybe maybe he ends up not wearing the armor. Maybe the man, the idea of a Mandalorian becomes something more than the armor. It's very." The show so far, when we're talking about Mandalorian, is very focused on the armor, right? He's always trying mm-hmm. to upgrade his armor, and the, it's very important. They go to the armor, and they're all out searching for Beskar. Like, it's so important to them, and, and, and maybe he realizes it's it's something more. It's an ideal. It's, it's, it's not just this armor. This is actually pretty restricting, and it hasn't allowed me to really understand, you know, how cruel Mandalorians have been, even to themselves. Like, this is why we are in this situation, and maybe... There's going to be some enlightenment on his part. I think that would be really awesome because it's it is awesome to see Mandalorians as really badass and see all their awesome weapons. We've already seen a lot of that, but let's get really to the depth of that. You know, the Clone Wars 
touched on it, and and I think even Rebels, we kind of learn a lot more. But to, I don't know, something about it live action, I think it's just going to hit even more. Yeah. And, and having him maybe reject those ideals or even the armor, I think that would be. That would be risky, yes, because everyone loves that idea of the Mandalorians, but I think it would be cool well, to add some context, Holly. I think that something else, and maybe I'm reading into this too much, but I mean, maybe not, because I feel like they write a lot of stuff in there, but mm-hmm. even some of even some of the things that they do, like in the first season, we learned that when they learned how to uh, use the jetpack, it like was referred to as the Rising Phoenix, yeah. right? Yep. And if you think about the concept of a phoenix, I mean you rise from the ashes again. And I kind of feel like if we're going with that theme of like rebirth and, you know, kind of trying to find your identity and maybe you're losing your culture, but how do you grapple with those things? I kind of feel like all those things go hand in hand. And I mean, we know the history of Mandalore and we know what happens and we know about the conflict between them and the Jedi. And there's kind of like this theme of coming together for the greater good. Yeah. Perhaps and putting aside your differences to, you know, do something more meaningful. And I kind of feel like all that's going to come to a head at some point. And, you know, I think that there is going to have to be a little bit of like grieving over like this lost culture or Mm -hmm. having it change so much. And how do we preserve that? I mean, I feel like we've talked a lot about the themes of like racial identity and Mm -hmm. oppression and things like that. And so how do we tastefully do that in a TV show where we're talking about these people losing their culture yeah. Um, but I think there could be a way for them to do that. And you know who has a very, very similar experience, speaking of Phoenix, is Sabine Wren. She yep. kind of has had this experience, rejected her family even, right? Mm-hmm. And, yeah, it's complicated with her being in the Empire and all that. But, like, very similar storyline there. And I think for her to maybe share some of that knowledge and even, you know, we don't really see them rebuild Mandalore, right? Like, it just kind of ends with someone wheeling the dark saber and everyone be like, yeah, but like maybe that didn't work out. Like obviously. So I don't know. I, I think we can make this, you know, a much bigger story and add a little more context to these characters while they are cool. And I love seeing them in their jetpacks and stuff. Like they've been through a lot. They've been used as pawns in the history of star Wars. They've, they've had civil wars. It's, it's very complex and it's, it, they aren't like we talked about in our discussion, like uh, Luke mentioned, they're, they're, they're not just, there is not one Mandalorian. There, there's not one Mandalore. There's clans, and it's very complex and complicated. So, I mean, it could take seasons to kind of flesh that story out, but I'm here for it. And yeah. it, it's, I feel like the story is going to be bigger than Baby Yoda. It's just, and, and maybe he's the one to bring them all together. I don't know. I mean, he is cute as hell. So I, it's like. And I want to see a jetpack on him. Now that we've talked about it, I, I have to see a jetpack on him. I think that would be. His ears flying back, right? Like flying around. Put a little pair of goggles on him. That's a that's a plush right there, Disney. Just I like swear to God, the window. Yeah. Yes. Exactly. Like yes. that's that's a money maker. I swear to God, if that actually happens, because they're listening to the podcast, gonna be real pissed. Picture him like expect royalties, <laughs> like Snoopy the Red Baron, except this baby Yoda in a jetpack. I would be down. Oh, what, what else, guys? Yeah, Yoda in X wing instead of a biplane. Oh my god. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. Oh, uh, speaking of biplanes, I have actually flown on a biplane when I was very young. One of the coolest experiences ever. Flying's great, but when you're in a biplane and the the breeze is rushing through your hair, you got goggles <clears throat> on. One of the best experiences. Very dangerous, though. Very dangerous. Anyway, uh, what else so, about the Mandalorian, Rob? I got. I got. You, you guys really blew my mind. I know that, like, when you guys see me flipping out, you got to understand that 
my wife, Chrissy Ray, <laughs> is getting it. I mean, I'm literally shouting as these things happen. And I'm always speculating this right here. But now, I don't want to say this goes with time travel. And I just talked about a thousand years. And it's kind of weird that, like, you know, Yoda was you know, about 900 when he kind of went away. And it's going to be weird that the child should be able to be strong by 100, which equals thousand so yoda species is the new age queen of the stars so how i just (laughs) described this so listen so listen so i i I just it just literally i literally just did it so okay so instead of like going a destructive path because apparently with disney and george lucas that Palpatine was the destructive path, and now that's done. We don't need a destructive path right now, right? So what we need is a one thousand reset, a one thousand year reset. The one thousand year reset happens when the child is of age of a thousand. So with that being said, there's no life. And when I go back to the video game theory, aka Secret of Mana, there's a mana tree that regrows over time. So that means that good always regrows over time and that i think could be what disney is trying to say because when you go when you start out with the child it pops up it hits that and i think that that describes life right now not right now i'm like human but like with like video games and things you always want i i brought it up the balance of good and evil and i don't and I said this back then, and I just said it earlier, that I always thought that Palpatine was the New Age stopping myself. (laughs) But Disney has written her out. Disney has written. So Kylo Ren was Darth Kytus. That is done. So after that is when the Fate series ultimately happens and all of that. But that's about the darkness, and I don't think Disney wants to do that. So I think that bringing in the child and having the rebirth. Now I don't know if time travel is really that, but it could be like when you play a seed, it just rebirths like the mana tree. But for me, when you were all talking about that, all that went through my head was that timeline and how it can revolve back and how that, I think that the series, the star Wars series may be the saga, but I think the ultimate good is the birth of Yoda's species throughout the years to always make sure that there's balance at one point and that there's a point that it has to pass on. And yes, there will be dark times, but when those dark times are seen through, it goes forward. I don't know why my mind thought that, but well, that's all I have I, to say. I think it's a unique way that, you know, I'm sure George Lucas, let's let's pretend George Lucas yeah. still owns this property and he's writing, you know, they're like, hey, we're going to do this Mandalorian story. He's like, okay, yeah, so we're going to, you know, so we're going to start, we're going to rewrite the Mandalorians and show their history. <laughs> George Lucas would not have thrown a baby Yoda in here and said, you know, this guy's going to change everything. You know, it, it's the it's the genius of John Favreau saying, you know what? It's you know some guy who lost his family and and Mandalorians helped him and he wanted to be a Mando. He wanted to get cool. That's yeah, that's awesome. But like, throw Baby Yoda in there. 
And now he's got someone else to think about, right? Am I, is this is this my path? Actually, is finding it's armor honest. and and mm-hmm. and violence, and is this or is it taking care of this guy and 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 following it's his hope. destiny and and yeah, yeah and hope exactly. They, it's it's such a unique it's way hope. of like you were talking about Simple. rewriting history and kind of starting over with things. Throw a bombshell of this little creature who we don't know much about. But he's cute. He gives us a lot of hope. We don't really know his future. And this guy's along for the ride. And it's going to clash with his destiny and I'm sure with things he wants and where his focus is. But ultimately, it seems like he's he's along, along with the Baby Yoda guy. Well, and like not only that, but I mean, Rob was talking about kind of like the rebirth and like that cycle of like good comes into play, good does its job, goes away, comes back into play. And I kind of feel like, you know, we see, like, you think, like, oh, Din is the dad and mm-hmm. he's taking care of the child and he has this precious cargo. But how many times throughout the Mandalorian have we kind of seen those roles reverse? Yeah. Like, the child has protected Din. Like, yeah. So, I, I mean, our Mandalorian is not necessarily in control of the situation. So who actually, like, who is? You know, are they looking out for each other? The child is actually more wise than we're giving him the credit to be right now. It, you know what it reminds me of, actually, a little bit? I can see it kind of becoming a Chewie Han relationship even a little bit, right? <laughs> like... They've got their own things that they need to be taking care of, but they always find themselves backing each other. Han had this path, we know, in Solo, and, you know, Chewie, you know, helped him kind of steer that in a different way. We saw in the Aftermath series, you know, Han kind of want to be out there flying. I got to go save Chewie. It's just, you know, I, I can see their relationship kind of growing up like that. Um, unexpected, I would say. You know, I don't think any of these characters saw life going this way, and they've just happened upon each other, and, boy, it, it's it's a... It throws a wrench in things, and it's just what a unique thing that they've they've created here. When we all thought we were just going to be talking about cool Mandalorian scenes and flamethrowers, and <laughs> oh my god, is he Boba Fett? It's like bombshell episode one. There's this baby Yoda creature, and we have no idea what the hell's next. It was just it's great storytelling, and, and they're and they're tying it into the bigger universe. It's just. It's crazy. I, I don't know. It, what else, guys, about the Mandalorian? I mean, we got we got six days. Um, it, we <laughs> Jory reminding me uh, with the chat that we we did talk about Brent's theory. Um, I think we touched on it. Um, maybe a little bit of time travel with Baby Yoda, and is he actually Yoda? Brent, is that something you want to flesh out more tonight? Or I mean, do we need to? Uh, do you need three hours dedicated to this discussion? I mean, I don't need three hours, but the group might. <laughs> so it's always a definite possibility. Um, no, I mean, I don't know how much more to come in. I, I missed a little bit of the conversation, so I'm not sure exactly what uh, what prompted the, the discussion that was going on. Um, but no, I mean, I, Baby Yoda, I mean, it's it's one of the greatest mysteries since, uh, you know, what happened to Ben Solo and why did he fall to the dark side? Mm. Um, hopefully we'll get the baby Yoda one somewhat resolved this season. I mean, <laughs> yeah. I don't think they're going to do it fully because I think Disney wants to milk this cow for as long as possible. Right. So, I mean, I figure we got at least two more seasons after this one up to season four before we really figure out anything substantial about the baby Yoda character. So, I mean, this one's probably going to be setting up, you know, this whole season's going to be setting up a few other characters coming in so that they can do some spinoffs, maybe, you know, do the dedicated Ahsoka thing, do, you know, a couple other things that they can kind of tie into whatnot. Um, so, you know, we'll see what happens with the Mando or whatever. Ha- has anything that we've gotten since we talked about this changed your mind at all or any any additions, any revisions to the original theory? No, I'm still hoping that we get something just completely and totally wacky. Like yeah. I said, you know, we've had, we've had John Favreau, you know, he got involved with, you know, 
he's been there with the Marvel, whatever they did, the time travel thing. Filoni yeah. introduced the world between worlds initially. And so he, and he's involved with the whole thing. So the, the realm of possibility is, you know, it's not far fetched for Absolutely. them to pull something like this off. It's just, you know, the details of how it works out, whoever, you know, I threw out there that, you know, Darth Vader was Darth Vader was the one that made the dark, dark saber. That's just because, you know, yeah. who else would be powerful enough to do it? And, you know, and now we just, why not tie it all the way back into everything? Plus, it gives a convenient way for Gideon to get a hold of it without actually having to have killed off Bo-Katine yeah. um, um, or whatever. And then, you know, and I was kind of looking, I was trying to figure out, you know, what was going on because, you know, you get mentioned of the siege and the purge and, you know, just trying to figure out the timelines. And even when you go on Wikipedia, they haven't nailed anything down. It's yeah. all really vague. And it's like, so you get the Siege of the Mandalore, uh, Siege of Mandalore, which we saw at the end of the Clone Wars arc, which just goes on there. And then they mentioned the purge. Um, and the night of the thousand tears, but it's like, I haven't figured out when all that stuff takes place. So, you know, there's the whole, you know, when exactly did Din get adopted by who and then what, and then, you know, when did they see all these weaponries that, you know, Gideon was talking about in episode eight. Um, but I'm just looking to looking forward to seeing Baby Yoda, you know, bust the more force out. Dark side, light side, doesn't matter. Yeah, I just I, want to see little, some stuff. A little lightning from those fingers. I mean, I'm down. Dude, that would be that would be sweet. <laughs> yeah, maybe he can kind of interchange through the light and the dark, and that's what's so unique about him. He can kind of do whatever the hell he wants, right. and he's a powerful weapon. I mean, that who, who, maybe that's why everyone's you know out to get him. I, I I do agree with you, Rob. I think Disney has, you know, they know they got something there with mandalore and the battle you know between the republic and the sith they, they know they have a story there it's already been written they they know they want to do something with it but uh i i think with you know the story that they had in rebels you know they they highlighted it very briefly like five seconds in, in a quick okay well there's this dark say there was actually a jedi who was a mandalorian and then you know they he had this lightsaber and it was stolen and like it just was very brief and very not descriptive so i think you're right there's something there and why not flesh that out here? Why not kind of solidify that history for us? It seems like the perfect time with a show called The Mandalorian. I don't know why they wouldn't. Yeah. Um, so I, I, I think yeah. that's they need to do that soon, I think, um, at least to, yeah. to help to help Din maybe even just we're kind of along the ride with him learning as he goes. Right. I think that would be a great way to introduce it. Yeah, and the fact that Baby Yoda was born the same year that Anakin was, you know, yeah. it always throws into question who was the chosen one. Yeah. Oh my God. Great point. And then you bring it away, and then yeah. you end up with Ray. The fact that Ray was the one that actually, you know, brought technical balance to the Force by finally defeating the Sith because yeah. Palpatine didn't really go down when Vader did yeah. it. So maybe you know, there, we missed good fun stuff. in the Rise of Skywalker. Did we miss Baby Yoda's voice saying? Use the force, Ray, or rise, Ray. <laughs> Maybe he was in there, and we don't realize it's him. What Holly? if, like, Baby Yoda has, like, okay, so I, like... He talks like this, and now we're like, yeah, whoa! Yeah, I have, like, I don't know, this vision Come on. of, like, at you the end... You had a premonition? End, oh. Hmm? At the end of season two, like, the season, like, the final seconds of Come the on. last episode of this yeah. new season of The Mandalorian, it's... Baby Yoda speaks his first words that we've heard from Dada. the whole season. <laughs> that's exactly what he says. <laughs> and then that's it. The screen goes dark and we have to wait. It's our cliffhanger. Yeah. And I, and Is he it, looking at Palpatine when he says this? Ew. Holy cow, that would oh, be sick. That would be wicked. Stop it. There yeah. we go. We'll throw some speculation in there real quick. <laughs> right. He has a vision. No, no, no. That's not what I saw, but I mean, oh, I feel like anything is possible at this point. Yeah. Um, But I just like, Can I will... Yeah, I just I just want to add because I know you might be going with that, and I'm, but 
what at what point with the High Republic are we getting a strong Yoda? And I think that you're not going to get a strong uh, child until after Ray's story. Yeah. So I'll just. Yeah, no, and that's a great point. And I feel like we kind of talked about that before, you know, like how quickly do, does this species actually age? And so in reality, like I think for this whole series, I actually don't want baby Yoda to have like or the child to have a voice at all. Like yeah. a, a, not like a voice that like we hear him speaking words oh. that we understand. The voice but, is just in our head. And that's oh. like he's not actually speaking. That's it's like, one of his no, powers. it's like one of those R2-D2 voices where he just like gives a look and you just even know what it means. Maybe he's mute. Maybe he doesn't like, yeah, may, uh, Jordan. <laughs> no, I was just going to piggyback, piggyback off that. Um, and I guess the counterpoint to that would be, um, you know, once Din did come into his life, maybe uh he it's like his first actual father figure that he's had Mm -hmm. um i mean i guess we don't really have a lot of his backstory but um you know it's somebody that he's actually connected to so maybe we could actually get that almost um acceleration in his uh in his learning in his psyche and to where you know you know right now he's you know he's this little kid that that doesn't speak but uh, with having an actual father figure in his life and somebody that he cares about, maybe it's something that you know enhances that, and he's able to um, actually speak at you know at some point during the series, um, you know. And and the only reason that he didn't before is because you know he was just around a bunch of scientists that mm. you know kind of treated him more like an experiment than they did uh, as a being, yeah. um, you know. So I guess that's that's something that could happen um, just to kind of be a counterpoint to um, the reason why he hasn't spoken yet and um you know and and how you know we find out or found out that yoda at a hundred years old was a master you know so it almost just doesn't really line up as far as you know he's still an adolescent who can't speak at 50 but yoda was a master at 100 so um you know it's it's uh it's just some some speculation there i guess they do say that they guess that he's 50 but they never actually truly confirm his age but i don't know if it matters too much do we we don't even know where he comes maybe he was an experiment you know what i'm saying like maybe it's not even like some (laughs) he was one of palpatine's clones gone wrong i think we said that but we it's just we we have no idea that the beauty of it is that neither den or baby yoda have any idea what they're you know what their ha- their past is they they just don't right and it's both of them finding their way and yeah. i think the story is ultimately it doesn't matter it doesn't matter if baby yoda was created in some tube you know with dna from the species and then palpatine like we just don't know and it's and it's ultimately they're going to find out it doesn't matter because always in star wars you got groups of people coming together that you know have been removed from their families or they've lost everything and and they end up forming a new bond with new a new family and i think that's that's what's going to be the beauty of it'll be all it'll be interesting to kind of learn where he comes from um it's just yeah but i do think him kind of even speaking you're right like it could take away from that charm and and maybe maybe the series just ends as him as some infant and and then maybe later on we get a story with a with an older an older yoda like creature it's just I don't know. It's it's so early. We we could go ten seasons with this show. We have no idea. We could go ten seasons. So, my my question is, who were the people that were ultimately protecting the baby Yoda? Was that like that monk 
like group that always studied the force users that you know that um donnie yen was Mm -hmm. you know was is that that same group that studies the force users and believes in the force and is that the people that the mandalorian in ig11 eventually had to disperse to get in to get that to complete the job so that that just took me back to episode one I don't know. It could all just be, you know, this is that Star Wars didn't even happen. And ultimately, it could be time travel, like Brent said. And we thought we knew Star Wars. By God, sorry, George Lucas. We just rewrote everything. And and Yoda's actually going back in time to change history. And none of this ever happened. And Anakin <laughs> survives, and he he's freed, and he becomes a great guy. Every single like the whole. Star Wars content just ends with George Lucas waking up and being like, that was a weird dream. Can you imagine? (laughs) That would be honestly hysterical. All these hurt (laughs) fanboys would flip out and Disney would implode and it would be be insane. I don't know. Disney has it now. So it'd be Walt Disney unthawing from his carbonite freeze (laughs) and saying, dude, I just had this wicked dream. You got to make this movie. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh my god yeah rob's like that's the ending of the mandalorian this is wrapping everything up nicely uh luke are we crazy i mean hello, hello. could, could, could make another mickey mouse <laughs> could could uh could could luke is it is time travel anything you ever considered with uh with the mandalorian uh, I gotta be honest I listened to the the previous councils where some of this stuff was uh, discussed and I didn't entirely follow all the theories <laughs> um, which makes me think it might be getting a little too complex for the audience that that Disney plus is aiming for because when you think about this show it's it's like the flagship show on yeah. Disney plus yeah. Uh, is there anything that that rivals it in terms of like uh, the Willow sequel? Some, I mean, yeah, that's, that's I, a good one. I'm excited I mean, for that. Yeah. <laughs> We're not. Yeah, it could be a continuation of Star Wars. We have no idea. Not, not again. <laughs> <laughs> Matt, yeah, where is uh, where's Val Kilmer? He hasn't been announced yet. Um, he's not. I don't think he looks quite as good as he used to. Probably not. Uh, True. <laughs> so, I'm I'm at a loss for the origin story of Yoda. Are of of green bean, um, baby Yoda, and, and I, that's the one I'm just kind of sitting back and just like let it wash over me. Yeah, because I I can't even begin to figure it out. It's a lot to take in, and that's what's great about what they've done, right? Like, they, I know we get annoyed when these trailers don't have much. I found myself being like, "What the hell was the point of this?" But it's fantastic because there's so many things that have shown so much footage where. You pretty much feel like you know what's kind of going on in the story, but the genius uh, of these producers is just we have no freaking idea. We had no idea what we – we all thought we had an idea what we were getting in The Mandalorian in the first 20 minutes of the show. We realized that we have no freaking clue where this is going, and that's that's I think that's a great storytelling. We're all excited. Yeah. After eight episodes of watching very short episodes, we're all like, oh, my God, give us more. <laughs> They've done a fantastic job, and they're going to continue. We're not going to get all the answers in this season. Because they probably have a contract for five seasons on this thing. So there's so much still to be told. And, and I guess in five, six days, whenever we're recording this, uh, we're going to find out at least a little bit, Holly. I'm excited. I don't know. I, I was that one person who was like, thank God the trailer like 
the second one didn't show a lot of stuff because I'm so over being like fed yeah. everything that's going to happen in the movie or yeah. the TV show, like in the trailer. And then you like watch it and you're like, that's it. Like I already yeah. saw that in the trailer. Like, and I think Disney's done a really good job of like yeah. not exposing or like showing their cards yeah. in the trailer. So I appreciate that. I will say some of our council folk here had some high hopes for that trailer and we're strongly disappointed, I think. I didn't get many reactions after it dropped, but, I mean, some people, you know, going, hey, 90% Ahsoka shows up, and that might have been Wade. I have, I don't remember who said that, but uh, somebody was really disappointed in that group because they had some high hopes, uh, But and I, it, it, we could very well see them. That's why I'm trying to... God, I try to stay away from Twitter because there's just so much garbage being discussed, and it's like got to take everything with a grain of salt we might just not be including any of these characters and and so far they've done a great job we haven't met any of them so i i if we don't get them i'm not going to be disappointed as long as it's a great story but if we do it makes sense and that's great we can kind of kind of pick up with some familiar faces and, and and add to their to their experience i'm i'm all for that but uh yeah so i guys i i hope you enjoyed this i think this is probably one of my someone have one last thing jory. i think jory has a rapid fire that oh, he wanted I'm to so do, sorry. I do. I oh my god yes the rapid fire, fire. i'm so sorry man. That's <laughs> which my bad. actually i i would save it for later on but these questions oh. uh actually kind of pertain to chapter nine or what i'm guessing uh we're kind of guessing is chapter nine um this feels like hyperspace can... inquiries is that yeah, what this is gonna we'll be end on a high note yeah, yeah, it, okay. it's, it's it's just like real quick, um, you know, so my question is, uh, th- these characters, um, it's just yes or no, and I'm going to go to each person, and uh, uh, are we going to see these particular characters <laughs> in Chapter 9? So it would be uh, the first episode in Season 2, all right? So it's just a quick yes or no. And so the first one I have is Moff Gideon in Season 2, cha- or first episode, so Chapter 9, Brent. No. Luke. Yes. Rob. Yes. Mike. I think we'll see his foot in the glow of the dark saber. <laughs> Holly. No. Okay. You're supposed to um, say yes or no. Oh yeah, y- yes. <laughs> well, I, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he can't even listen to the rules. I, I write the rules, damn it. This is why the rapid fire doesn't work. <laughs> Hyperspace inquiries well, becomes a 10 minute that conversation. That was just a practice round. Yes, you're right. Exactly. exactly. Is Abel off the next question? <laughs> no. <laughs> Rob says yes. You're welcome, Rob. Um, Sasha Banks' character. I mean, we don't know who she is, but will she be in episode one? Uh, Brent, sorry. No. Luke. No. Rob. No. Mike. Nope. Holly. No. I said sealed. I guess I didn't give Moff Gideon. I said I said no to Moff Gideon as well. Okay. Um, Timmy uh, Timothy Oliphant's character, Brent. Ooh, I don't know. We don't know who he's going to be, but I don't think we're going to see Cal Kestis in episode one. So no. <laughs> <laughs> he would make a pretty he decent would, yeah. Cal. I'll give him to be honest. Yeah. So great. Oh, oh I have, yeah. I I don't think so. No. 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 I'm going to say yeah. I was going to say yeah, too. I feel like we need a new character. Yeah. So why not him? Sheriff's in town. Um, I know this one's a common one, but it's still just uh, the, you know, we've already seen her before, but the armor, Brent. Yes. Luke. 
Yes, in a flashback. Yeah. Okay. Rob, I like it. I was going to say no because last time we checked the Mandalorian, they were checking out. You know what I'm saying? All right, Mike. Yeah, I agree with Luke. I think she'll, you know, they'll go back to her old speech and she'll say, oh, but one more thing. Watch out for the laser swords. I think that's what she's, yeah, I think that's what she's going to say. Okay, I'm going to say yes. All right. Um, Ahsoka Tano. (laughs) Episode one? No, not right off the bat. Oh, I don't know, but they did give her baby Yoda. Yeah. I'm going to go with no. I don't think we're going to get any more episode one around. Yeah, season finale. Rob. Yeah. No. Episode six. Oh. Mike. Nope. Holly. No. Guys, I don't even think she's going to show up in the entire season now. (laughs) But what other show would you be having this conversation about? Because after the first episode of Mandalorian, we're like, what the hell just happened? Like, it could be anything. Luke Skywalker could freaking show up. Anyway. Right. All right. Um, and the last one for uh, Chapter 9, I have another series, another quick um, one as well. But the last one for Chapter 9, um, uh, a John Favreau cameo, Brent. <laughs> oh, absolutely. <laughs> Luke. Yeah. 100%. Rob. Yeah. Mike. Absolutely. Holly. I'd love to see it. All right. I actually said no on that because I Story. figured. Story. No, 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 no. All right, hear him no, out. Hear him out. No, no, no. I, I figured Favre would be, you know, in the later in the in the later uh, episodes, but that's okay. Okay. That's plot fun. twist: John Favreau's playing so, Ahsoka Tano. Holy snaps! That'd be epic. Did you guys see that Carl Weathers is directing one of these episodes this season? Yeah, love it. That's awesome. yeah. I think Luke said that last time. Yep. Oh, very nice. I, yeah, I, I haven't think... caught the last episode from your. Uh, the YouTube special yet. I love that. Yeah, that's awesome. Right, so for these uh, next next ones, I'm sorry, I'm getting He's stripping. Warm. Oh, Woo! YouTube YouTube oh, exclusive. No, put uh, it, sorry, put it back. Oh, I hope they lost. Oh, we saw a little action. We saw a slip. I'll black that out. Don't worry. If you're not watching, if you're over not over watching over. on YouTube, Jory just strips on camera. This That's is a nice no tease. longer a PG podcast. There's the tease for the next podcast. <laughs> um, so uh, more likely to see in all of season two. So I'm going to give you two characters, and uh, um, and you're going to say, you know, which one we're more likely to see in season two. Okay. Uh, so the first one I have is Sabine Wren. Or Rex, and I'm gonna go to Brent. Ooh, that, I'm gonna, I'd say both, but I'm probably Sabine. I think that's the way we're gonna roll with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sabine, Rob, Sabine, Ahsoka season or episode six. I said it, so I gotta go with that. All right, Mike. I'm gonna say Rex. I think Rex can offer some history to the Mandalorians for. The, the, for Den, I think. I think Rex uh, too. We're on the same page. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, you said I Rex. Said Sabine. Oh, Sabine. I said Sabine. Yes. Yeah. Um, number two, Boba Fett or Bo Katan. And I'll start. I'll start with Rob this time instead. I, I keep putting Boba. Brad on the spot right in the first. So Rob, Boba, Boba Fett, all the way. Mike. Yeah, I'll say Boba. 
All right. Holly. I think Bo Katan. Bo Katan. All right. Brent? I think we're going to see them both. I mean, he, I mean, well, no, because Bo, if if Gideon didn't get the Darksaber from Vader's castle, then Bo's dead. So I'd have to go with Boba. Boba? <laughs> Luke? Brent, the game is either or. No. <laughs> Changing the rules. <laughs> I'm going to go uh, Bo-Katan. I think, it, I think it's going to be like a running joke every season that they're going to keep teasing Boba Fett, and then he never goes. <laughs> they're trolling us. <laughs> they're paying Tamara Morrison to just be on standby for rumors. I like that. So these last two, and and I hope everybody listening to this understands this is just for fun. These last two are pretty out there, but I guess we'll see. Um, uh, the first one is Luke Skywalker or Grand Admiral Thrawn. Ooh. Holly, we will go to you first. Thrawn. All right, Mike. I gotta say Luke Alright Brent Thrawn Luke I think it's Luke I, I don't think this is far-fetched I said in an earlier episode like, <laughs> This would be Baby Yoda level To have, to have Hamill mm, here, here. So, uh, Luke uh, Abeloth is not an answer Rob <laughs> Neither. Neither. I, I, I don't know why. One I want to see Luke. One or the other. I got to say neither. I, I want Luke, but I got to say neither. Because I don't know. I Because if Luke shows up, I'll have a man crush. So there's that. <laughs> I mean, don't I said, we all? I, yeah. I said Thrawn. Yeah. Fair. Um, and then the last one is Edra, or Ezra Bridger or... Old Yoda. Oh. And I'm gonna That's go ghost to... form. That's ghost form, right? No. Oh well, Not either necessarily. Either either in in and oh uh, and no, I won't even say in ghost form. I will say in his actual state. In the flesh. In the flesh. Mike. Oh God. <sighs> I have to say Ezra Bridger. Holly. God, Dory, why do you do this to us? <laughs> I guess if I said Thrawn, I'll say Ezra. All right. Brett. Ezra. Luke. Ezra. Rob. I'm going to go Luke because your theory will be Yoda in a memory from Luke. But that goes against everything I just said. <laughs> 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 Flashback right, well, Yoda. Right, yeah. So yeah, it's funny because I've actually had time to think about these and you guys didn't <laughs> because I didn't give you the questions prior to. So I actually said Ezra, but I thought um, the Yoda thing would be pretty sweet. And anybody not watching on YouTube uh, didn't just, I mean, you, they have to go watch on YouTube now because oh, yeah. just to see you guys all just like, what? Oh, yeah. We like, saw your nipples. Yeah, that happened. The entire time. That happened live. Yeah. Luckily, I can edit that in post production. Which is fine, but maybe we'll let them fly. I don't know. It's going to be a game day decision when that thing goes live. We'll see. We'll see. It is game day almost, by the way. Yep. Yep. All right. Well, and that's and that's all I had for those. I just thought it'd be kind of a fun thing for us to do. That was fun. I always love love a few hyperspace inquiries, just off the cuff, just 
yes or no or you know i i think that's always fun you always see people's true colors uh and sometimes jory's nipples so that was also a nice little tease uh for the youtube i always love that um or at once you knew it was dropping we got amaloth in the conversation even though a thousand percent sure she won't be showing up (laughs) And the Mandalorian, not one of our options in hyperspace inquiries. But guys, I hope you enjoyed this conversation. I think it was probably one of our best and and ending it there on a a fun note with some of those questions. I think, you know, ask yourself those questions. Uh, Will we see any of those characters? I have no idea, but it is fun to speculate and and tie that uh, that story together with known characters. I think in the beginning, maybe some of us thought, nah, we're not going to see anybody, but... I, it's all on the table now. You throw the dark saber in there. I mean, they'll, 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 they'll do anything. That's absolutely right. So I hope you guys enjoyed this. Um, uh, it was meant to be a Halloween special. Uh, we all lost our costumes real fast before we even started airing. Yeah, just like Jory lost his shirt. Lost his shirt. Uh, that wasn't you know that wasn't scripted. Uh, those nipples flew freely. Uh, but it's also hard to breathe in a Darth Maul mask. Uh, so maybe we'll do a Halloween Darth special. Maul mask on his nip. We could do that as well. Maybe Jory in the next episode will only be wearing a Darth Maul a mask. We'll see. It's, it's yet to be determined what he's going to be wearing for Halloween. That is the dark side. That's, that is the dark side in the flesh. Um, so, guys, I really hope you enjoyed this. Uh, check us out on, on any podcast platform where you find podcasts or check us on YouTube. It's fun to, I know, you know, long video format isn't everyone's uh, spiel, but uh, check it out there. A lot of fun going on, on the YouTube and some exclusive discussions on there as well that are only there on YouTube. So if you enjoy it, like, subscribe, uh, give us a review wherever you can. And uh, as always, folks, may the force be with you.